Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Georgian trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! What up, what up? Welcome back to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name is Nick Engvall with my guys Roa and Robbie. Keep uh, it together, trying- Nick. Keep it together. <laughs> trying something new today. So uh, we'll have to share that with you in the future. But just know we've been talking a lot about Michelle Branch, cats, uh plants and it's just it's just been a good day so far so um how you guys doing (laughs) i'm good i'm feeling feeling like a a hodgepodge of ideas from what you just said a lot of things running through the brain i'm good i'm excited i'm excited to meet the new personnel like during the nba it's obviously free agency season so i'm glad we could pick up a new free agent for the sneaker history crew shout out to phil we love you Yes. Seriously. Yeah. Phil. Um, <laughs> so but we're, we're, uh, we're going to switch up the order this time because we don't want to give away our, our, uh, you got to stay till the end of the episode. Basically. We just don't want to give everything away right at the beginning. So we're just going to jump right into black Friday releases since, you know, that's what everyone should be thinking about. If, not you know family and those other semi-important kind of things robbie i'm just gonna throw it to you because you were you were already looking at the list so yeah i I feel like you got the the knowledge i was staring at it a bit so what's funny is that i'm going to start off this conversation by saying just stay home you don't need to go do your 15 person turkey dinner don't nobody care about your pumpkin pie this year stay home Stay safe, and we'll leave it there. But there's a lot of good stuff going on in like the sneaker world. I guess shoe world, clothing world. There's going to be sales everywhere. Um, this one came to mind, so I just got a notification about it a bit ago. Adidas is doing like a crazy Black Friday sale, where it's like golf stuff, which you can do outside alone. Might want to look into into doing that. Um, shoes, apparel. It's like fat fifty percent off sales on things up to 50% off. So Adidas is doing that. I'm sure Sneakers is going to announce, or the Nike app, I should say, is going to announce something for members or something in the coming days. Reebok, everybody's going to do something fun for Black Friday. So make sure you're just keeping your eyes peeled with your favorite brands because you're probably going to find some great stuff that hasn't been selling due to COVID. And you're going to get some killer deals this year on it. Um, this thinking here... With the first shoe, there's a lot to kind of 
go over. I mean, every Black Friday feels like an overload of product, be it shoes or electronics or I mean, fuck, toiletries. Like you can buy anything on Black Friday for cheap. Like trying to get a million little Bath and Body Works hand sanitizers, they got you on Black Friday. <laughs> um, but in the same breath, it doesn't feel like there's as many shoes releasing this year as years past, right? Yeah, I agree. Yep, and I'm wondering if that's maybe to prevent the lineups or how a lot of these times these shoes are 18 months in advance in terms of their planning. So maybe not that, but I'm glad because I don't want to see people camped out in the middle of a cold, blistery day spreading those germs. I mean, not only do you not want to see people camped out, but there's going to be plenty of things to get. So there's going to be like, you know, the Kobe Reeboks aren't dropping Black Friday, but they're kind of like, you know, within weeks after, you know, holiday Jordan 11 every year comes out right around Christmas time. Um, Christmas pack of shoes, though they haven't been doing it as much recently, they still come out about two, three weeks after Black Friday. So you don't have to have the dump of products onto everybody's face of this 30, 40 shoes. I think we have about 15 here, maybe. Uh, and they're all good shoes. Like I don't see really one thing where it's like, eh, this is just a bad, bad product. So um, starting off with everybody's favorite, the Black Friday... I'm going to call it the Black Friday Massacre now. It's going to be the Kobe 5 Pro Tro. Bruce Lee joints, both the OG and the white pair. It's going to be a massacre. Like, you're going to have those battle scars like the shoe has across your face trying to get a pair. <laughs> I think it's only fair. I mean, we saw Game of Death. We saw Into the Dragon. There's always some sort of scarring when Bruce Lee's involved. And hopefully this is more to your psyche and not your actual shoe because we definitely don't want to see a repeat of some of the production issues we've been seeing for some of the other shoes that have come out. Yeah. I'd fight, I'd fight both of you for the shoe. Battle Royale. <laughs> I move like a peach and I would give you the yellow pair if it meant I would be able to keep the white pair. So joke's on you, Robbie. I'm a pacifist by nature. <laughs> You know what's funny is that you were you were mentioning that, and I couldn't help but think of like celebrity deathmatch on old MTV. Yes. <laughs> it would be amazing if there was like a sneaker celebrity deathmatch. You just have like the two sneakers like fighting inside, or celebrity deathmatch for sneakers, sure. like Robbie yeah, suggested. I'm more That'd passive, be- so I just go to like an animated sneaker fighting thing where Robbie's like, "No, just you two get in. Like I'm coming out on top." <laughs> he just you be the referee. You say, "Let's get it on." Lane, uh, Lane, and then Mike can be Johnny Diamond and Nick Gomez. Or, or did I get those names backward? No, I think you got them. I think you got them. Got them yeah. correct. But what's funny is that I tried to watch that a couple months ago, and it's it's either I got older and like they're like less phobic of everything. That shoe really hasn't hasn't aged well. So I was just like, ah, there's a lot of like phobic things being said, like many phobics. So it's just like, ah, has not aged like wine. Not Nick Diamond though. was problematic to say the least, and at least Johnny Gomez kind of kept a clear head on his shoulders. But yeah, there are some times where I'm like, Nick Diamond has probably seen some things. He's probably a war vet, so he's just trying to subdue all those demons. Yeah, man. Uh, MTV, the world was a wilder place in the '90s and early 2000s. I'm sure, as I say that, a lot of our listeners and our co-hosts think that wasn't that long ago. But when you think about it, it truly, truly was, and that just gave me the creeps. 
how long ago was that? I mean, it it had to have been in the nineties, right? So most of the shoes that we're talking about are are that old or somewhere around there, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah, ninety seven. You're well into the Jordan line. You're looking at like what the Jordan thirteen <laughs> at that point. Um, but but to pull it back, <laughs> to, uh, to pull these reins in, the Bruce Lees. I mean, I've tried to get every Kobe that has released since his death, and I've taken L's on every one. These ones are going to hurt something special when I don't get it. The white ones, I don't care. But the black and yellow, that's like, man, that's, that's uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I want to say nostalgia, but like that's like Americana right there. Like Kobe 5, Bruce Lee, him and Staples Center. That's it. Those and the Grinches that come out later this year are both like, ah, those, those are just going to I might have to bite the bullet and I might have to pay, you know, six, $700 for a fucking pair of Kobe's, but I've wanted those Grinches for so long. And then my size are 1200. So 600 is a deal. I can find them for that much. It sucks, but I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do. And these are two shoes where it's like, I'm going to pay resale on a pair of Kobe's and it, and it hurts someone's rent for that white pair of Bruce's and hey Robbie I'll make you a proposition I'll give you my yellow raffle spot for sneakers if you do me the same for the white that's an even deal fair trade and Nick you can be Woj you can go ahead and tweet that out to the sneakers <laughs> alright alright <laughs> let them know but our yeah. discord members I mean Ro brings up that point you know I hope you you help me I scratch your back you scratch mine support for yeah, quick pro row. I've had two lux, I mean, two hits on both the Navy Jordan ones and the Mocha ones because I had like eight people in the Discord helping me out get that shoe. And on the flip side, I enter stuff for other people. So whatever goes around comes around. Come join the Discord. Come help me get the Kobe 5, Bruce Lee, and I will help you in your endeavors. I'll enter raffles, you know, whatever I can do to help where other people feel that same way too. So we're all about that camaraderie. This is the think tank. This is like Shark Tank on acid. Uh, we have ideas. We make things happen. Guppy tank. We don't, yeah. we, we, we don't fund things, though. So I'm sorry. <laughs> Funding's on you. But. you definitely Mr. Wonderful, then, if we're, if we're Shark Tank. Nick, you can be Mark Cuban, and I'll be... <laughs> yeah. I guess I'll be Robert, because he's just got those dreamy eyes. And I'm like, that dude is not 60. Like he's he's a silver fox. Like I mean, I get it, ladies. I'm here for it. The amount of bad TV knowledge you have is impeccable, unmatched. It's a gift and a curse. It's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, you can't be saying that you don't know how dreamy Robert's eyes are. I really haven't watched more than five minutes of Shark Tank. No, it's it's one of our white noise shows where we'll watch it just to pass the time, and I just hope that my better half seeks some of that business, uh, like soaks up some of that business knowledge because I have an MBA and I'm like, I don't know what these guys are talking about. And this is just <laughs> an embarrassment of three years worth of education down the drain. But Hey, you do you Robert, you silver stone cold. <laughs> I feel like wow. we're, I feel like we're encroaching on like John Oliver, Adam driver territory here. Row it. <laughs> Row it's going to be obsessed every episode moving forward. <laughs> that's so funny i thought the exact same thing i was like oh and, and the last episode adam driver came on and 
addressed yeah. it. So that was super funny. But yeah. I, I think Adam Driver seemed kind of ambushed by the attack verbally by John Oliver. Bit. And that brings me to our next shoe. The ambush converse, CTAS, duck boot. I like to imagine it's CTAS and not, I can't even say it right. Um, but it's basically a Chuck 70 boot. It's a waterproof ambush. One looks sky blue, one looks black. Um, 11 on the back, because one was so nice, they gave it to it twice. I don't know why that 11's there, but it just looks cool. These are something that I'm extremely interested in because it's rainy season in Portland. I got my Columbia duck boots out there. I got my on boots out there. I got all my waterproof free runs out of the closet. So like these are right in line with what I'm typically going to be wearing this time of the year. Snuck up on me. And I just want to say the colors are really nice. And yeah, you do need a good pair of rain boots in the Pacific Northwest. So these might be my pick for them. Yeah, I, I like the way they look. I mean, I'm not a I'm not a rain boot type person until I have to be forced to move away from California again. But um, the blue the blue colorway is really dope too. I mean, I think like I'm a all the boots that I actually have are are basically black, so I'm just simple. But that blue, pretty nice. Isn't it magical how growing up, or even let's say 15 years ago? 20 years ago, let's go to American, I mean, uh, um, uh, celebrity deathmatch times. Let's go to the late 90s. And how you had to be forced to wear rain boots or forced to wear boots, and they're also ugly. Now we have options like this. We have so many good sneaker boot options. And I even think like <laughs> Ewing stuff. So Ewing Athletics makes waterproof 33 highs, and that thing is basically a rain boot 365. So making that waterproof and specifying it for the elements is great because that's a big clunker anyway. Make it waterproof and it can literally then handle any NY situation. And that's just one example, like Air Max 90 sneaker boots. There's been winterized Reebok stuff. I mean, every brand has some type of winterized or waterproof sneaker option or a functional or even fashionable, in this case, boot. So... What a time to be alive where you have legitimate options to not feel like you went and got Cole Hans from, from Macy's, these like dumbass boots you hate wearing. But, you know, I mean, I'm, we, we've all been there growing up. Like, oh, I got these like dress shoes. I hate fucking wearing them. I have these like um, work boots or I have these rain boots that are just ugly, but they work. Now you can be fresh and have a purpose. So that's cool to me. Um, so I have I have a little comment on that. Go for it. One, the only pair of foam posits well, I might have owned two or three pairs over the years, but foam posits were my designated. I'm living in the snow, New York City shoe. Um, but also, I kind of miss the terrible materials on the old Jordan threes that was really like rubberized, plasticky, like the black cement threes from like I don't know when it was. It's not the 2001s, I don't think. Maybe 2008. 20, the yeah, might have been 2011s or something. Then they were they were basically waterproof because it was so plasticky. So they became like a winter shoe for me. I mean, they didn't obviously last the way a boot would, but that was kind of my default. 
That's very fair. What do you wear, bro? What do you wear in the rain time? Uh, I just wear soaky beaters. So whatever sneakers of mine that have taken the biggest beating, that's my winter shoe. Occasionally, I'll class it up. But I was also going to say, this year especially, we've seen a lot of boots. I think Desus and Mero have their own Timbaland. Hassan Minaj has got his own Kolhan. So maybe that's the next celebrity goldmine, if you will, for footwear. So I don't know. Is there a particular celebrity you'd want to see have a boot that you'd be like, you know what? So-and-so's got a boot. I'm officially about that boot life. Because those like are pretty nice. Yeah, I'll let you answer that, Nick. Because I already, I already have a lot of boot love. Who would make you buy a boot? Um, entice you to buy a boot? Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if that's even possible. Like, I mean, I, I could say my girlfriend. Maybe Yay. she she'd uh she could persuade me. I'm sure. Uh, How about any Canadians? Like, because they're always talking to boot things. <laughs> Jim Carrey. I mean the the sneaker podcast guys. Uh, they probably have some pretty pretty solid knowledge. If you're not if you haven't listened to that podcast, they're pretty good. They're very but good. Can, can we can we actually hone in on one thing though, Robbie? I feel like you have some pent up aggression towards Cole Hahn, and I'm actually a big fan of Cole Hahn. As am I. But I'm although, although, although I I don't wear Cole Hans. I barely wear shoes at all right now because I don't go outside <laughs> enough. But, you know, that's I mean, is there, is there something you want to talk about? That's an interesting read because <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't going to ever bring it up, but I was so stoked to buy a pair of Lunagrams years ago. And I'm fucking ecstatic. I have a reason to own them. This job, I'm going to look cool in these shoes. I've seen them forever. They look so cool. Cool, 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 cool. I tried them on and they cut my feet up so bad. Like those shoes are definitely uncomfortable for my feet. Like I've had so many better dress shoes and like the cushioning of the lunar lawn, that does feel really nice. But the upper of the shoe just like wrecks my feet. And I had, it was like five years of hype. And I finally get a pair from Nordstrom's rack and I've quit being a cheap ass and it's spring for 80 bucks. They got these, these lunar grands and they really hurt. And I still have them like they're, What's funny is that they're inter- underneath my desk at work in this tower in downtown Portland, and I haven't seen them. For all I know, they're stolen, and I wouldn't even be that mad at it at this point. But, yeah, they're my underneath my desk shoes. So I put them on. I wear sneakers into the office every day. I slide on the Kohans when I'm sitting more accurately. When I have to get up from my desk and talk to somebody, I slide onto the Kohans. But then I also have a pair of slides at my desk. So there's a lot of footwear options around my, my feet. Um, but I use those as my, I need to get up and talk to my boss really quick shoes, but they're definitely uncomfortable for what I thought they were going to be. So yes, Cole Han, you let me down. I didn't, I didn't want to take it here. I didn't want to, I didn't want to crap on anybody, but Cole Han, I was very, I was let down, man. I was disappointed. It's funny. Cause I actually have like, I love those shoes. I bought, oh. I, I, I think I probably have like maybe a dozen different colors of that shoe. Cause oh. it's, it, it, to me, it was like, it's the same thing, right? Like if you if you were in a job where you had to have dress shoes on, there's no such thing as a as a comfortable dress shoe, right? Like there's an acceptable dress shoe, but the Cole Hans were actually comfortable for me. The cushioning was great. The the materials like on the on the leather versions, the leather was a little a little stiff, but I end up wearing like thicker socks. Like typically you're wearing like real thin dress socks, right? Mm-hmm. I end up wearing thicker socks with them. 
And I, I'm like a huge fan. I mean, I miss that, that I don't wear those shoes. I'm not, I don't have any reason to wear them at this point, but yeah. No, so. I'm, the, I'm the same way. Uh, when I was with Nike, we had the Cole Haan discount and we abused that. And that's how I got into dress shoes kind of because of how Cole Haan seemingly split the difference between being dressy, but still kind of having that little bit of swag or style. And so that was one thing that even after I left Nike, we were always looking at the Cole Haan outlets because they do have heat. And now I know that Cole Haan's no longer there, but Cole Haan, if you want to hook up the other fellow Indian in the sneaker market media, that's also prominent, Air Rohizi, go ahead, just holler at your boy. The other thing I will say is, Nick, I'm glad you brought this up because there was just a certain energy where I see Robbie and I see him clear his throat. And it's like watching Denzel in the Equalizer or Jordan drop 63, just getting the hell out of the way and letting my man cook because there's just a fire in his eyes. And I know it's kind of been a little bit of a hiatus, but I'm so glad the king is back, our closer is back. And now he's blushing, which is adorable, but no. No, it's just funny. Thank you. But it's also funny because Nick identified the two reasons why the Cole Hans sucked to me. They were the leather uppers. They are the leather uppers. They still exist. Um, they are the leather uppers and they're super stiff and they're super it's like jagged feeling and wearing the thin socks. So yeah. you you identified both issues quickly. And that's awesome. And I, I'm just gonna do a classic Robbie move and just deflect the praise. Uh, I, I do appreciate it. Um let's let's go ahead and see here with a shoe that I'm gonna really try to get and I hope well I know Nick's gonna help me get it because he doesn't like Air Force Ones. But I helped my homie get the first piece minus one, aka Paranoise, the black ones. I helped him get them. And of course, like all of us would for each other, I gave them to him for retail. And as I open the box, as I'm sure you've done, you look at them, inspect, like, okay, are these actually cool or not? Like, what did, what did I miss? And I fell in love when I saw the black pair. I love that black pair in hand. Luckily, he's a size 10, so like, there wasn't even. There wasn't even an option like I did with Nick and the Air Max 90. I bought them for him. Then I was like, hey, so I found another pair with free shipping online. Um, can you buy these for yourself really quick so I can <laughs> keep the pair that I bought for you? Okay, thanks. Um, so I couldn't do that move with this one. So I'm going to try heavily to get this pair. I love K-pop. I love the brush away. I just think they look so cool. I used to have crush on girls who had fat laces in their shoes in the middle school. So it's just like all, it's all the good stuff I, I missed out on the first time. Yeah, it's it's a good looking shoe. I, I it's hard for me to say stuff about the Air Force One because I've already said like, look, I'm not wearing this. So, like, if this was on a Dunk or an Air Max One, I'd be totally into it. Um, but you make good points, and I, I like. I I don't know that I ever had a crush on any of the girls with fat laces, but. Uh, I mean, I can relate to that sentiment. Nostalgia. It's at yeah. the backbone of every sneakerhead's collection. So, <laughs> Right. She used to get fights, too. I'm pretty sure she got suspended a lot. <laughs> I like, I like bad girls. At the end. Yeah, this is funny. Um, I don't like bad girls. I, I say that because Danielle is the most unbad girl there is. So it's like, I was going to say, you've got a very nice... No, like, I definitely don't like drama. No Latinas and no drama. <laughs> if you're a Latina, I'm sorry, but you know what it is. Um, How dare you do Vanessa Bryant this way? Oh, man. 
<laughs> okay, outside of outside of Vanessa Bryant and Gigi and Capri yeah, and her children. Okay, ah. I mean, this is a slippery slope. We should probably just move on. It's it's extremely slippery. Extremely slippery. So yeah, let's go to the next shoe. November 25th, Paranoise. I think I want to say Paranoise, like Paranorman. Peace minus one. I need to learn how to read. The Peace minus one, Air Force One, 25th. I need to backtrack a minute because I forgot one. We have the NMD, another Pharrell, another one I'm feeling, another one. Um, November 25th for 220. But here's why I'm feeling it. They stopped doing the trail stuff. Again, like yeah. the boots, there was many years of my life where there wasn't a good trail runner that I liked. I had to go run and not run, do a hike and a free run or do a hike in something that may not be as suitable for the outdoors. So if I was ever going to hike in my Pharrell's, it'd be cool, but no one does that. No one's like, hey, I'm going to go for a hike in my BBC boat trail NMD Hughes. No one's ever had that sentence come out of their mouth. So, like, the fact that they just let go of that and went back to street on a street shoe, on a fashionable street shoe, makes me very happy. I like all the ones we've been seeing. That yellow pair, the black one, this one. I don't own any of these, but I've always wanted a pair. And when the when the right time hits, I'm going to do it. But I've always liked this Pharrell model. I shit on the NMD all the time, but Pharrell can keep doing his. Everything else needs to stop, but for real, can you do it? Because I like it. Now, I was going to say, this is the one sneaker that my dad really likes because it's got various Hindi words on it. And he's always confused by seeing hipsters in the greater Kansas City and St. Louis area. And he's like, why do they have peace on their shoes? I was like, I guess everybody wants a piece of the peace, dad. But he goes, I don't like it, but I like it because it's got the Hindi on it. And I'm always going to support our people. I was like, well, thank you, dad. This is why you are birth one of us kind sneakerheads like myself where it's more about the single shoe and not a particular model but yeah i'm always behind these nmds they look pretty classy and the fact that they come in different colorways is always a plus yeah i agree this this colorway is pretty good i think that like robbie said there was a bunch of those like trail ones that had that super aggressive like outsole and that that wasn't it for me but there's been some really good colorways lately the the black the this white and black and then that like bright yellow pair it's the only thing about the the human race NMD is it I, I wear a 13, so it looks incredibly long on my oh, foot because awful. there's yeah, because there's no it's basically just a giant sock on most of the foot forward. So it's but it hasn't stopped me from at least attempting. You are a part of the human race. Let's never forget that, Nick. Important to remember that, especially yes. especially in 2020, as <laughs> as we kind of feel outcasted from it all. <laughs> all my size nine and a half, ten gang really benefits from that design. Yeah, anything over a 12 looks really stupid, and it's funny because I go back and forth between a 12 and 13 with Adidas, and if it's a 13 and an Adidas, and it looks like that, the kind of long Kevin Durant banana foot, then I just won't buy it. I mean, I, I could love this shoe. But if it looks like a banana on my feet looking down, it's like I don't feel comfortable wearing it. It looks stupid. And also, I need to say this about the Adidas employee store. They never give the discount on the Pharrell's. Yes. Thank you. And it makes me mad because I go in there and I'm like, I don't like this. I don't like this. Oh, hello. And then it's still like 225. Right, man. But in that same breath, 
Nothing makes me happier than buying a clean pair of $40 gazelles. I love the Adidas gazelle. It can be a, anywhere, not pretty much just a gazelle, any colorway. As long as it's like has white or black stripes with a white outsole, it can be any color, preferably suede. Gives me the Puma suede vibe, but I like the Adidas one, the Puma. So it's just like, I'm, I'm thinking off the top of my head right now, I have black, I have university gold, I have navy, I have red. And I think I've worn the golden ones one one time. I haven't worn any of the other ones even once. But for 40 bucks, I can never say no when I'm in there. I'm like, oh, I don't want to spend all the money on these, but you had me at $40 when I buy a pair. That's how I feel about socks whenever I go to the respective employee stores. So I'm glad Robbie is keeping true to the sneakerhead theme and be like, yep. I just, I just buy them. I mean, in the same breath, the Continental 80, I didn't think I would ever legitimately like that shoe found a pair for like 35 bucks there i've worn the hell out of them i like that shoe so nothing and i'm sure all our listeners can agree to the sentiment nothing feels better than spending less than 40 dollars on something you end up really enjoy whether you wear it a lot or it visually makes you happy or there's a memory behind it shit 40 bucks you can blow that on on a meal and go poop it out later at least you have a pair of shoes at the end of the day something you could like look at two weeks later you know True. Yep. I always think about the poop and food equation. Like, hmm, should I like buy this? And I think about whether how fast it's going to leave my body. Shoes won't leave my body for a long time. <laughs> I mean, what, happen- okay. what happens when you combine, uh, you know, food and shoes like uh, this uh, Air Max One lemonade? Oh, <laughs> that's a great one. I wish we had a Jamaican air horn for that transition. <laughs> that was really good. Um, I don't like any of these, but shout out to the homie Cheddar because he rocks. He has like every single one. He rocks a lot of Air Maxes. He's been rocking a lot of Air Maxes. That's nothing new. Yep. But he, when he puts all of them side by side, I'm like, all right, they look cool. But just, I don't like any kind of heavy air branding. The closest I've ever gotten was to have a Nike day have a Nike day from like a year ago. Mm-hmm. That's the closest I've gotten to excessive branding on an Air Max model. I don't like it, but do your thing, man. A lot of people like these. How do you feel about them? I- I'm kind of with you on it. I think it's meh. Um, Chad- There's been a few a few people I've seen post them up and they look good. Like Cheddar makes the, look, the green pair look really good. But like this color is just not for me. The strawberry lemonade one is not for me. Like, I like that. That like I, I like the actual branding. I think it's just a little too much for me. See, I think the branding is a little subtle, and I might actually go for these because a I don't have a color that's this distinct shade, so that's always a plus for me. But it's a good shoe. But if it's getting in the way of my Kobe's, sorry, sorry, lemonade. I'm gonna quench my thirst elsewhere. I like that. So, I mean, in the same lemonade, food, Nike situation, there's the macaroon. There's the macaroon pack, a flight of racers a couple of years ago, and I never talk about the flight of racer. I don't know why. It's one of my favorite shoes. At point. So, like, if a pack of like strawberry, pistachio, um, lavender, and I believe blueberry, it was blueberry. If you do a shoe pack centered around food correctly, 
it just looks good. So individually, they may not look the best, like this lemonade pair or the green pair or the strawberry pair. But when you have them all together, you look at them like as a set, you start getting like the collector mentality, like all the figures Nick has behind them. Like, all right, I have, there's a cast of four. I have all four in this cast. And they look better than it being the single character, right? Mm -hmm. you, you set the scene. So like, I always think back to those Final Racers. So I bought two of them. I had the blueberry. Do I have the blueberry? I have to look in the closet. I know I had the pistachios. I wore that a couple weeks ago. So you have the blueberry and the strawberry. Got it from the employee store. Super cheap. But this a great shoe pack. The food has to look good together, is what I'm ultimately saying. True. I, I have like a maybe it's just because I'm hungry right now, but this is basic. I'm hungry 24 seven. Like, if, bro, I'm on day. If you're, <laughs> yes, that's yeah. I'm but, on day uh, and a half of not eating. I'm on juice. Yeah, if I keep talking yeah. about food, I'm just like mm, strawberry pistachio. Well, this makes me think of uh, the extra butter did the Reebok ventilator a, a few years back that was based on the Halal Guys street meat trucks. Yeah, you know carts and. Like my mouth is literally like watering right now, thinking about the shoes and the food because I'm just like, damn, that was so good. They just, I don't, I, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, it's, it's in my, yeah. I'm gonna it's stop. There's a yeah, bell somewhere that Dr. Pavlov has rung. I was gonna say this: my <laughs> sneaker-based food stories involve the SB waffle shoe, which. I was so close to getting, and then for whatever reason, I kind of put it back. And that's probably the biggest dietary restriction and regret I have when it comes to footwear. And then conversely, once again, my folks were visiting once. I took them to the employee store, and there was another pair of Dunks, I believe, that had the pepperoni pizza screen printed on it. And that was the only sneaker that my mom literally knocked out of my hand and said, no, you are not buying this. I know you're a sneakerhead. I know that this is your thing now, but that is the ugliest shoe i have ever seen so we're not doing this and i was like okay fine i'll regret to or i'll regress to being the sixth grade row and saying okay i'm gonna put this back mom but yeah food and sneakers it. always underrated when we collab those two things two things together you're so good at that age i'm like yeah mom put it back yeah i'm, I'm, I'm 27 yes I put it in my cargo pocket <laughs> she's As only here for a week so we'll just go in the cargo pocket as a kid oh yeah i'll put it away Let's get off the food topic, but to end it, I raise Nick's food story and raise him the Shadow Salcone 5000, the end burger, end clothing store burger shoe they released that looked like a cheeseburger. Yep. So we, we can end on that one. Um, next up here, we got a plethora of easy. So we got easy, easy. Um, there's an Onyx pair. There's an honest reflective. I'm just gonna say right now, I think it's dumb as hell they do reflective and unreflective of the exact same shoe. They've done it what ten times in a row now. There's a um, Easy 500 Utility Black, which looks like a restock, and it's also supposed supposed to be the Easy 350 V2 Red restock from like four years ago. Which stuff like that makes me happy. I love shoes restocking i love shoes re-releasing i am on team retro everything to the exact same point i made earlier in the episode about the 1200 kobe sixes versus being able to buy them for 600 if you want to be cranky about your thousand dollar shoe losing value you should have sold it a year ago 
five years ago. You have ample time to sell that or wear it. Get over it. Like that drives me nuts. It's like with the way sneakers go and the way news drops. And if you have the ability to have that kind of sneaker in your arsenal, you should know that every 10 years you, you can expect. You can expect it's time to maybe come up. It's, it's, it's like Judgment Day. It's like the Hunger Games and they're picking tributes. Like it could be me. Like it happens every year. Like fuck. I mean, there's a, there's a hot chance, but it's not. But you should still prepare for that to happen that day. Maybe you shouldn't be this like, you know, picking flowers. Whatever. I can't miss this sister with doing. I've read that book forever. But just like you got to be prepared. So get off your high horse. Let stuff retro. Bring back all the rare heezies that cost a thousand dollars. Drive that price down. I love it. Go ahead, Nick. I mean, I think there's, I think the the key is if you're going to buy a shoe, one, make sure you just like the shoe and appreciate the shoe for what it is, whether you wear it or not. I don't really care. I mean, I, I think you should wear your shoes, but if you want to collect shoes, you should probably go for things that aren't mainstream, right? Like, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of crazy stuff out there that is unique enough that you'll never see a retro of it, right? Like, I mean, whether you're talking about uh, regional exclusives, player exclusives, like there's just tons of stuff, samples, like there's tons of truly unique stuff that will never lose its value. If if anything, it's probably going to go up as more people, you know, get into sneakers and want something that's 100% unique. Um, so I would say that, yeah, I, I, I don't have a preference as to the retro or not. I mean, most of the time I'd rather see a retro because it gives people that weren't into sneakers whenever that was a chance to kind of relive that and, and get into sneakers and have that experience, whether you're talking about a Jordan, you know, from 25 years ago, or you're talking about a Yeezy from three or four years ago, it doesn't really matter. You know, like th this stuff is kind of, we, we kind of have been in this whole mentality over the last few years where that, you know, everything is worth something. And it's like, no, the $40 pair of, you know, Sambas that you got, right? Like that shoe is worth something because you're going to get so much more out of it than you are a, you know, $200 pair of Yeezys that you're going to babysit and wear once every year for the next 10 years. Like the $40 shoe is clearly the better investment, you know, like it, it's meant to be used and you're getting to use it. So say I mean, that again. Say, this, say that whole sentence about 40 versus 200 again. Say it again. <laughs> Team Gazelle. I, yeah. And I think, what, what was the other Adidas that you mentioned? The Gazelle or the Continental 80? Continental 80, right? Like the Continental 80, uh, even the Yeezy Calabasas, right? You're talking about like, an, like kind of iconic, simple, this is going to be a comfortable shoe and last you a long time. Granted, you threw Yeezy's name on top of one of them and one of them blew up. You know, like that's kind of normal marketing. But like the value of that shoe is that it's very inexpensive. You don't have to worry about it. It doesn't spend a lot of time in your head. And I think that's like, it's kind of like on Twitter, right? Like free rent, right? Like don't be giving away free rent in your head because this pair has this scuff on it. This pair is going to get retro. I got to sell this before it cracks. Like just live with it. And if, if you want to buy and sell, I encourage that, right? Like you're going to experience more shoes. But like to, to worry about the difference between a shoe, like I see people holding on to a shoe, looking to sell it down the road, right? And 
I could look around and see all the shoes in this room and, and think like, okay, yeah, some of those shoes might have been worth more at a different time, but everything ebbs and flows, right? And if if I'm sitting here holding on to a shoe from 1997, thinking that it's going to be worth $100 or $200 more or even $500 more, that's an in, that's like a terrible investment. 1997 was a long time ago. And to only make $100 over the course of that, what is that, 30 years, you know, like that doesn't make any sense at all in my opinion. Not only that, you have to adjust for inflation, like $100. <laughs> Right, what? exactly. That that shoe that I bought for a hundred dollars then is now worth two hundred and fifty, but I could buy a brand new version of it in a different color or even the same color for, you know, a hundred and fifty with inflation. Right, like yep. whatever that is, it just doesn't make any sense to be thinking about that on such a minimal amount. And I know that you know we all have our moments where it's like. I don't want to spend that little bit of extra money or I, I, you know, I want to spend it on something different. That's all a part of just being, you know, a part of this whole society of, of uh, capitalism. Right. But like, to me, it's, it's just not worth worrying about. Like it's not worth worrying about what other people think about shoes, what other people care about. If it's going to offend somebody, it's like, no, just do what you like, wear what you like, or don't wear what you like. I mean, I know that, Anybody listening to this has sat at home and stared at a shoe for hours on end just because they love how beautiful it is. And that's totally okay too. You don't have to be wearing it. Like, especially 2020, half of us are staying inside all the time, if not most of the time. So you get to enjoy them in different ways. So for sure. A lot of sneakers have probably added on life to themselves because they're not being worn out and about. So I agree that. And I also agree with your point of do what makes you happy. If you want to wear a sneaker to the ground, doesn't matter if it's a Yeezy or if it's a Roshi. Just if it brings you joy and it brings you comfort and it allows you to commun- uh, connect and communicate with people on a level that you previously might not unless you were wearing that shoe, then go for it. I will say for the retros, we've always kind of viewed that terminology with a Jordan lens because Jordan is Jordan. He kind of built this thing that we all worship at in a sense. But what I do like about the new player retros, and I'll use the example of not only the Bruce Lee that we had mentioned earlier, but the Grinches that are hopefully dropping. The storytelling is so much better in these modern day shoes in terms of the colorway. Like when Jordan had Space Jam, we called it a Space Jam because we saw it in the movie. If that movie ne- never exists, what are we calling it? A bread is simply black and red. The Bruce Lees have homages to not only Kobe, but Bruce Lee. The Grinches have an homage to the Grinch and Dr. Seuss, not just Kobe. And that's where, to me, sneakers are that perfect medium where it's wearable art. And you can genuinely have a conversation around what it is that you're wearing. And that's why I always will stand for newer retros for the modern product. But for OG Jordans, I'm only getting retros of the OG product just because I feel that that's more genuine. And something about some of these new colorways seem a little disingenuous, but I granted that's just me. So, so I have one example that I, that you said that I have one example that came to mind when you said that, because like, I think the shattered backboards are, they're my favorite colorway of Jordan one hands down, right? Because I love those colors and Giants fan. I mean, I'm wearing those colors, even if I'm not wearing a Giants hat most of the time. So it's one of those things where that is the the kind of you're absolutely right. The new storytelling, you know, even if that story might be from 30 years ago. Right. Like there's there's just more depth to it. Right. There's more for us to connect to. And 
relate with that just didn't exist back in the day, right? Like we didn't, you know, I'm sure that, you know, to some extent, you know, designers think about this stuff, right? So when Tinker was making an Air Max One, yeah, he's thinking about, you know, his experience in Paris and at the Pompidou Center and like, you know, that translates, right? But that wasn't important in 1987. That became important in 2005 when they wanted to retro the product and tell the full story of it because they weren't thinking about telling the full story of it. So I think, yeah, like that's a great point too, because the the stuff that we're going to end up buying now, whether it's a story from now or a story from decades ago, it's still going to be a more relatable experience and something we're going to want to share with people that aren't actually into sneakers as much as we are, right? You want to be able to tell that story. It's like, oh yeah, you didn't know what this colorway was. This is great. Michael Jordan did this in the, you know, he shattered a backboard. Yeah. Right. I, I thought I thought only Shaq did that. I thought only Darvin Ham did that. You yeah. know, like that's kind of the. <laughs> Shout out to Darvin Ham. If you had him in the sneaker history bingo, it is minute 40 <laughs> of the podcast. Yeah. Another John Oliver reference there but i mean <laughs> so to that kind of like the last shoe on a wrap up here to what both of you just said like there wasn't any storytelling behind the jordan 4 when it came out it was just like okay here's the home chicago colorway white black and red this is what mike's gonna wear for most home games you know he might throw on the cement pair but like for the most part this is a home shoe every signature player does it from Kevin Durant to Allen Iverson to James Harden. Everybody has that. There wasn't a mystique behind it. It was a necessity behind it. The term fire red, I would say, is extremely arbitrary just because the shades are always a little different, right? Fire red one year could be more like varsity red or gym red or whatever. It could be so different. But just what made it special, and this is to... This is to the Michael Jordan argument that I historically am on the other side of. Michael is just so fucking cool and had so much power in what he was doing that just like we we made a nickname for it because we like that shoe so much. What's an easy way to reference this? Do we call um, AOL instant messaging AOL instant messaging all the time? No, we called it AIM because it was great and you needed a fast you needed a fast way of referencing it. So it's just like. The fire red and this storytelling in general, like Michael was this, I mean, they didn't know it at the time, but like he is the storytelling. Like 30 years later, like that's that's the story. Michael Jordan wearing that shoe, period. Like you don't have to have anything cooler than that. It's like Michael Jordan wore the shoe in a year he was really badass. And there it is. Is it, mm-hmm. um, I don't want to say it's more lazy because Michael Jordan had to do the work. Like, he had to do the things to necessitate having a nostalgic moment sneaker. That's even a thing. I guess it is in his, in his regard, but like you can very easily think, all right, Grinch. Um, Kobe's seen as the bad guy sometimes. Okay. I see the wheels start turning in your brain at Nike and you make the shoe. Michael Jordan just worked his ass off for a season and 30 years later, people love that shoe because they loved watching him. They love watching him on NBA TV, instant classics, you know, infinitely until the end of time. So that's why there's not a strong storytelling behind things like the fire red or black cement. But at the same time, there deeply is. And it's so deep that people can just ignore numbers and ignore 
so many other things. LeBron and just like, yeah, Michael Jordan. It. He's, a, he's so great. These are the shoes. Damn it. He's the best ever. Sit down, not have this conversation. And you can, and you can have an honest argument and win that way. It's frustrating. I mean, I think the, the story is always there, right? Whether it's told or not, everyone has their own story, whether it's with those shoes or with, you know, any other shoe. And, and I think that's, you know, when, when people ask me what my favorite shoe is, it's absolutely 100% the Converse Chuck Taylor. Not because I think it's the most comfortable. They are uncomfortable as hell if you don't have some sort of other cushioning in them. If you wear them multiple days, your feet are going to hurt compared to modern technology, right? But everyone can look at that shoe and have a story for it, right? They have the, my dad made me wear these and I never wanted to, or, you know, I wore the all black pair because I painted my eyes black too. And I hated the world. And like, it doesn't matter whether like, you know, like, I mean, just think of all the genres, all the ways that people identified, but it was the same shoe across all of those. Right. And the beauty of sneakers to me is those stories exist in so many ways and sometimes you don't need to have them told, but the stories that make them work, right? Like, you know, if we all picked up these ambush converse this year, right? 20 years from now, we're going to be, you know, sitting by a campfire wearing some other shoe. And we're going to be like, remember when Robbie had that crazy ambush transition? That was, that was nuts, right? And that makes those shoes super important to us, right? Like, you know, maybe not in this moment, but down the road those memories are what actually make it important. True. So, and I think it's important for people to realize it's, it's not, it's not necessarily always a shared memory, right? Jordan is a great example because some people, maybe not in the sneaker world, because we've, you know, almost had all those people on mute since Jordan came into the league, but a lot of people didn't like Michael Jordan. A lot of people like the Pistons fans lost to Michael Jordan. The Lakers fans lost to Michael Jordan. Like, the Sonics fans have to still be butthurt, right? Like they lost and then the team went away. Like that, that's, that's stuff that you can't really even put into a story, but like it's so poignant probably for all those people that it still triggers those thoughts and conversations in their heads. And yeah. The, I'm going to borrow a point from wrestling. So when you talk about wrestling, it's always you're a good guy or a bad guy, a face or a heel. The worst thing that can happen to you as a wrestler is nobody has an opinion on you. And as polarizing of a player as Jordan, LeBron, Kobe is, they will always split that emotion one of two ways. And we remember them more for it than we would, let's say, a guy like Tim Duncan, who fundamentally probably one of the best players to ever play. But he never had that mythology or that methodology that people felt some particular way about. And Maybe it's a reflection that his sneakers aren't as popping, even though there probably are examples of some Tim Duncan popping sneakers and popping styles. But yeah, I think it's exactly that. It's that combination of shared mythology and nostalgia because we keep coming back to it. That's what makes sneaker history and sneakers so fun. It is. And like, I think the fire red's a really good example of all that because we haven't seen it with the Nike air branding since 1989 but we've had like 2009's Air Fusion Jordan, the Air Force Jordan. You know what I'm talking about. So you've had that, you had that come out before the 89 came out. You had things like the Mars from 2006 that had a little Mars Blackman on the back. I'm sure all the listeners can see visually within their brains what I'm talking about. That didn't have Nike Air on the back. You had 2012's 
you have the 2005 laser fire reds. So there's been so many different ways of telling that colorway story or that era's story, but haven't had it with the actual air on the back. And I've never cared all that much about Nike error or the Jumpman, unless it's the Jordan 1. Let's say the Jordan 3, 5, 4, 6, all those. So, like, those, I, I don't really care what's on the back. But when I see these fire reds or I have them in hand with the Nike Air on the back, it does circle back and bring my brain literally to him playing. And just like, all right, these are like what Mike would have laced up. Was it the Chicago Dome? No. Not Chicago Dome. Where, where do they play? Before was the United, United Center. Center. No, before was the United Center. Because it was the Chicago Stadium. I'll check. Yeah, so Chicago Stadium, I think. That, that's, that's before Michael Jordan literally built the house in Chicago. Built his house yep. in Chicago. That's like baby Jordan is wrecking people for 40 a night wearing these shoes. And it's just like, man, that's cool to me. It's a Black yeah. Friday release. Every year we get some. Mike, um, pardon me, Nick referenced 2011's Black Cement 3. That was a Black Friday release. They tried to do something cool with a Jordan drop on Black Friday. And I think this is a really good one because it gets lost in the mix, right? Everybody always thinks, oh, bread, Nick's favorite shoe, maybe not ever, but one of them, the bread four, right? Mm-hmm. Black and red Jordan four. I love the white cement four. That's my favorite of the four original colorways. Mike really likes the military blues. So for just example purposes, Roe likes the fire red the most, but doesn't get talked about quite enough. So it's mm-hmm. like, it's always going to be that third or fourth one of the bunch, but seeing it come back correctly, I think is going to open people's eyes a little bit. Because I think leather looks better on fours than Nubuck does. That's why I don't like the bread. White leather or you know, white leather in general looks better on Jordan fours than I think any other material. So like, I really connect with that. Maybe other people will have more of a chance to connect with that shoe too. Yeah, that's, that's kind of my blurb on it. Do you have a preference whether there's a Nike Air or a Jumpman rope? For me, I don't mind, but I have friends that are very particular and they're historians in the sense that they won't buy it if it's got the Jumpman on it. They want the Nike Air. And it's something that maybe because I don't have that nostalgia and that cachet associated with it, I get it. But a shoe is a shoe in a sense that a Jordan 4, there's a reason why it's a Jordan 4 and there's a reason why it's held in such high regard the same way a 3 is for that minute technicality for it to be a perfect sneaker you have to have it a certain way it goes back to your other point nick if it brings you more joy and you're more likely to buy it because it's got the nike air go for it if you don't care either way go for it just be happy with your purchase and if you're trying to resell be happy with how you choose to resell it because to the point that robbie made or it might have been you nick it's like if you keep something for a decade you can't be upset that hey nobody bought this so just be happy yeah, I think it's, for me, it's one of those things where when you don't have it, you want it, right? So yeah. naturally, the Nike Air has been gone for a long time on that shoe. It's great to have it back. But I also have a pair of 2012s that has a Jumpman that are pretty beat. I love the shoe. And I think it doesn't really... It. I, I love the Nike Air, but I also you know, just appreciate the Jumpman just as much at this point. And I don't really think that it determines whether or not I'm going to buy a shoe. It's more like all of the other things around it, whether or not I'm in the, in a place to buy it, to want it, you know, and, and if it comes easy 
or I'm just going to be disappointed on sneakers app. <laughs> I mean, kind of like Marvin, he likes to have all the shoes side by side and look at all of them and inspect them and the differences. And you could have favorites. Like it's like a wine, right? I like mm-hmm. this. I like this vintage more. I like this vintage of the fire red more. So whatever choices you have, as long as the shoe's not busted, like some of the fire reds going out haven't been super stellar in terms of quality. I luckily got a very good looking pair, but take everything we said with the grain of salt that they have to be like structurally correct. <laughs> so like, I don't care if it has a Nike Air on the back or a Jumpman on the back. If the toe box is busted, I don't want the shoe. So yep. um I think people need to have that same mentality about it too. If you're not getting the product you want, like nobody's telling you to keep it. Like nobody is forcing you to spend $200 on a product. Like is be happy, be confident in what you buy. Whether, I mean, I know some people, myself included, if my pair did come with a little defect in the front, I'm going to wear the hell. I wear a Jordan four a lot. So like, I'm going to wear this shoe. The toe box is in a bubble anyway. It's going to get crow's, um, crow's feet around the toe you know the side of the toe box it's gonna have a lot of like wear and tear damage anyway i'm not gonna trip out but if you are gonna trip out on that let it go buy another pair yep don't 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 let it ruin your day but also nobody forces you to buy anything that goes to all listeners so yeah most definitely well uh there's a couple other releases uh those black and gold jordan ones i don't not really my interest too much patent leather and too much shininess going on but um we got to wrap up what's up i say the white and gold ones too the mid yeah yeah two different versions yep but uh let us know what you're gonna pick up for black friday cyber monday if you see any deals uh if you are looking to support the pod join the patreon discord help robbie get the yellow bruce lee's help Rowett get the white bruce lee's and uh yeah, that's pretty and what do you want to help with, Nick? Come on, we can't leave you high and dry. I mean, I really like the the yellow Bruce Lee's. That's my pick for for Black Friday this year by far. Um, but I'm not very optimistic that I will get a pair. So I'm sending you all the good energy. Give <laughs> all it to right. Nick, give it to Robbie. I'll sacrifice my pair. I appreciate. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, let's let's uh, wrap it up and uh, let everybody know where you where you guys can be found, where you'll be posting your Bruce Lee pickups in the near future we're manifesting this go ahead ro uh i'm going to speak this into existence and say follow me on instagram at row at m13 and on twitter at Rohezy. and hopefully i've got the gotham screen and not the memeified l screen mine will be memed as hell and you can find me at r-a-h-b-e-e 702 Thank you, Rajon Rondo, for your services to the Lakers organization, too. Nick, <laughs> where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at Nick Engvall on all platforms. And uh, that's bit, pretty much it. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Historically, fuck the Celtics, but Rondo, you've been pretty cool. Peace. <laughs> what up, y'all? This is Nick again. First, I wanted to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. It really means a lot that you would spend a part of your day rocking with us. Before you take off, I wanted to ask a few favors. If you're looking for more content from the Sneaker History crew, head over to patreon.com slash sneakerhistory. Our Patreon members get access to exclusive episodes of the podcast, our latest merch, giveaways, and much more. You can become a member for as little as five bucks a month, and it really goes a long way supporting the crew. 
Next, make sure you're signed up for our email newsletter. We share updates about the footwear business, some of our favorite finds and deals, and other sneaker-related news a couple times per week. I like to think of it as a one-stop shop for the sneaker game, or at least a work-in-progress one-stop shop for the sneaker game, if you know what I mean. Last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. Whether online or in person, social distancing and effect, of course, it helps make the sneaker community a better place, and you never know what conversation and opportunity might come from it. As always, we appreciate you, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.